Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to the Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. I like mixing it up with callers. I don't expect everybody to agree with me. Steven, you saw, I let the caller speak his mind, didn't I? Yeah, no, I, I thought you were pretty fair with that. You let him get his uh, get his side out, and he said, you know what, I don't like everything you talk about, John. And then you said, you know what, I don't want to talk to you right now. So, uh, you know, <laughs> got him on that. But you, you let him get his side out. You let him talk. It was good. I don't, like, I don't like callers to, uh, I don't want callers to feel like I treated them unfairly. But I think... You know, it's my show, ultimately. And I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about. And you know what? I don't care if you don't like everything that I'm saying. And in fact, if you tell me you love everything I'm saying and you agree with me all the time, I'm going to call you a liar. There's no way. Nobody's that crazy. Nobody. And how boring would that be? Our next guest, the ever- Disagreeable Dave Bartu. College football matrix. He runs Matrix Analytics. I wrote about him today at johnconzano.com. That's the consulting firm that works with a number of college conferences and schools. As a hobby, Dave Bartu and his team, they like to crunch numbers on the playoff front, college football playoff front. They are self-described data nerds. Bartu's not on the selection committee for the playoff. He has not spoken with the 13 members of the panel, but uh, he does appear to read their minds. And he's joining us now to talk about college football. How are you, my friend? Oh, dude, I am, I, I'm doing good. Just putting my can of spray paint down here on the overpass on 84 to, to jump on your show. And, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't know about the whole uh, agree with everything you say, because every time I come to your golf tournament, you agree with everything your wife says every mm. single time. I'm not dumb. I'm not. I'm no dummy. Bartu causing problems no, right man. now. Oh, mix man. It up. I love you, man. I love being on. <laughs> let's let's talk some nerd right. stuff. Let's nerd out on these things. Okay, I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna ask you some simple questions, and then I'm gonna throw a bunch of questions at you, and then I want our listeners. If a question occurs to you as a listener, you can call in. 503-417-7575 and ask Dave Bartu yourself because people are going to have questions after and I hate that they ask me after and I go, damn it, I wish I would have asked you. So let's just start here. You yeah. say there there's a formula and it's very easy to predict what the College Football Playoff Selection Committee will do. Explain that. Mm-hmm. Um, so so when, when the playoffs, when it was first announced, when Bill Hancock, and I can't remember, was it the summer of summer of 2012, 2013, and he came out and said, we're having a playoff, and everybody loved it, right? And he talked for about an hour about what it meant to be ranked in the playoffs. And inside his discussion, the initial discussion, he told everybody, while nobody was paying attention, everybody was just ecstatic about 14 playoffs, he said, here's how the committee is going to rank teams. And it was very clear that being on the committee, you are going to be part of a simple formula to rank teams. And so a lot of people fall prey to the idea that, oh, the committee thinks how they want to think, and it's different every year. 
It's not. And that, that's not how big business works. And that's, there's no way these people can meet for three hours once a week and dissect 30 teams um, without having some sort of formula. And in that initial discussion, he broke down how the committee was supposed to rank teams, what was important. And what we got out of it was there are seven things. There are only seven variables that are important to ranking each and every team, each and every week, each and every year. And um, it took us a couple of weeks on the first rankings to figure out how they weigh those, what's important, okay? And uh, since then, in the last nine years, uh, every top 25 that comes out, we, we do a preview of how they are going to rank these teams. Um, on average, we miss by one spot per top 25 team each week, okay, each week. And the final top seven in order we have never missed using the same formula. So so folks that say, oh, brand's important, and what you did last year, and what conference, bull crap. None of that means anything. If you give me those seven variables for every team in college football with no names, just team A, team B, team D, team E, I would nail the top seven every single year for the last nine years in order. It's that predictable. I think what's tough for fans is it drives them nuts to even think it's, is it that really that simple? Yes, it is. And if, if you listen to, if people read your article uh, and, and listen to this segment, they'll be able to pretty much predict exactly what the committee is going to do October 31st. And every week that it goes forward, you get better at it because we get more games to break teams up. You had a nice rant about the eye test. What do you say to people <sighs> when they go, well, they, do they pass the yeah. eye test? What a bunch of horse crap. I mean, seriously, the eye test, it, it drives me nuts. I don't know who started it. Whoever started the whole, it was probably one of the chairmen, oh, this, they, they, they got to pass the eye test. What kind of crap is that, right? I mean, look at the people on the committee. They're athletic directors. They are people that, 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 I mean, yeah, you have a Barry Alvarez, okay? If Barry Alvarez says, hey, Dave, I watched Wisconsin and Oregon play, and here's my eye test, okay. I'll listen to Barry Alvarez after he watches two hours of film. Am I going to listen to Gary Barta, the AD at Iowa, go, well, I didn't pass my test? No. It's like me listening to you talk about the eye test or me talking about the eye test. It's ridiculous to think that these people – have the expertise to break down a team uh, or all the teams in in three days. And that's the other thing is not only do they not have the ability to do it, and even if they did, you're talking two hours per team. You've got to look at 30 teams. 30 times two is 60 hours. That's, that's basically watching X's and O's every second from Saturday evening to Tuesday afternoon when they vote. That's not realistic either. So when, whenever they, they throw out the eye test, I scream BS. I think it's a whole bunch of crap, and I think it just distracts from the simplicity of the ranking system. Dave Bartu is the college football matrix. I wrote about him today at johnconzano.com. All right, you say that the criteria, seven variables involved, are championship wins, quality mm-hmm. wins, which means you have to be above 500, seven and five, top 25 wins, margin of victory, uh, margin of loss, mm-hmm. uh, bad losses, losing to a sub-500 team, and strength right. of schedule. Okay, Based yep. on that criteria, 
USC's loss to Notre Dame, are they out? Um, pretty darn close, man. Pretty darn close. Um, look, Georgia got in in 2017 with a 23-point a loss. Um, and it, it just so happened that I believe in 2017 they had a, a non-conference top 25 win that, that kind of offset that. Okay, and and that's really what uh, when you when you find teams that kind of do something extraordinary that people go, oh, why did that happen? Usually, it is because a non-conference top twenty-five win got snuck in there. So like when like when Ohio State snuck in over a two-loss Penn State, a lot of people don't remember they beat Oklahoma, which finished in the top twenty-five. So there's a top twenty-five win and a quality win, and they beat a nine and three. Tulsa, which was another quality win. And so Georgia had the same thing. But back to that USC, USC is right on the edge of not making it. Um, now, if you look at their non-conference schedule, Notre Dame was the, was the top 25 game on their non-conference schedule they needed to win. They didn't get it. Now, I'm looking at the numbers. I actually think USC is going to fall apart, John. They may not even finish in the top 25. Their focus over the last two weeks has absolutely imploded. wouldn't even surprise me to see Lincoln Riley jump to the NFL because the focus rate on that team in the last two weeks has fallen apart. So, but, but USC, look, they are on the edge. I think you and I would agree they're at best the fourth best team in the Pac-12 right now behind Oregon, Oregon State, and Washington. Um, and, you know, with that, with that big loss, they're just one more loss away. And, and they finished with Washington, Oregon, um, UCLA. Utah, and they UCLA. They got Utah this week. Yeah, they're, they're in trouble. Yeah. They're in trouble. Yeah, they might and go 0-4. Yeah. They, they might finish. They might run it out 0-4. Lincoln jumps. Caleb jumps. Boom. Everybody else in the West Coast is happy. <laughs> All right. Let me, let me ask you about Oregon's path to the playoff. If Oregon yeah. wins, win, Oregon wins out, gets to the, to the conference championship game, beats Washington, avenges that loss, or beats whoever is there, Oregon in yeah. with one loss? Yeah, they are. They, they are, as long as they continue to do what they do, because the margin of victory is excellent. They're, they have one loss. It was, a, it was a good loss. I mean, if you're going to lose, you don't want to lose to Stanford. You lost to Washington on the road by three, so the margin of loss is low. Uh, it's a quality loss. Um, and then you look at all of the other – See, because the Pac-12 did so good in non-conference, there's a lot more quality wins in the Pac-12 this year than normal. And so anybody listening, what you've got to look at is the body of the schedule. And one of the really important things is non-conference games. And the Pac-12 basically, correct me if I'm wrong, almost swept non-conference play. So that put them in the position where there's a lot of quality wins out there for Oregon. So if you're an Oregon fan, obviously you want Washington to keep winning. Right, because it doesn't matter if Washington wins out if you meet him in the Pac-12 title game. Um, you know, you want Oregon State to keep winning. Everybody you play, you want them to keep winning games. Heck, if you're if you're a Duck fan, you're rooting for Texas Tech big time to get to seven and five. All of these things add up. Those quality wins and top twenty-five wins. And let me remind everybody, it's a top twenty-five win based on the previous week's rankings. So. If they beat a, you know, if Texas Tech becomes top 25 by the end of the season, they're going to get credit for a top 25 win. If they beat, uh, you know, if, if they beat 
Oregon State, Oregon State falls out of the top 25. Colorado, that's like not Colorado. Be a top yeah. yeah, Colorado, like Colorado, right? Yeah. You know, Colorado and their 89th ranked defense, right? Um, and so, yeah, so that's not going to be a top 25 win for them. But with Oregon, um, actually Oregon and Washington and Oregon State, I would say are the really the three that control their destiny in terms of winning out. Any one of those three winning the Pac-12 title, I believe right now when you look at the schedule, they are going to be in. Right now, today, if the College Football Playoff Committee released rankings, let's just say yesterday, Oregon yeah. Oregon, and Oregon State, who's ranked higher? Uh, Oregon State, easily. Um, Oregon State has two top 25 wins. They have two quality wins. Uh, Oregon only has one quality win. They got no top 25 wins. I know people be like, well, look where they're going to be in the future, but the playoff committee is only about resume through right now, okay? And Oregon actually closely mimics Georgia. Georgia only has one quality win. They got no top 25 wins. Georgia's strength of schedule uh, is in the bottom 30. So I think Oregon right now, if it comes out, like I said, all they got to do is win out and they're in the top four, but I think if it comes out, they are somewhere. We have a model at 13, which probably puts them 12, 13, 14 in the playoff committee if it came out today. Dave Bartu is the college football matrix. Washington is interesting. You say that, you know, if the playoff rankings were released today, you'd have Oklahoma, Ohio State, Washington, Florida State, mm-hmm. one through four, if they came yeah. out today. But Washington has to continue to win, don't they? Because if they end up in a position, they're not going to be a great candidate for like a second team from the Pac-12 getting in, given their non-conference schedule. I don't. Th- I don't think the Pac-12 can have a second team. Um, and it goes back to what I said before: is the second team is usually a team that obviously loses in a title game, um, but has a quality, a top twenty-five non-conference win. Okay, so um, like in Ohio State, I think of Ohio, you know, now Ohio State and Michigan, Ohio State and Penn State, because they have divisions, they can't meet in the title game. Um, so a one-loss Ohio State, let's say they lose in the title game to Iowa, okay, that means they're going to have wins over Michigan, Penn State, but the kicker is they beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. So that's a top 25 win. Okay, uh, Florida State has a win over currently top 25 LSU. Now, LSU may fall out. So, uh, to me, Washington cannot afford to lose the next game. That's why I say what happened in Seattle on Saturday, if both teams went out, Washington and Oregon went out, that game's a nothing burger. It doesn't matter. It will be the, 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 the conference champ that goes to the playoff and the other team going home, no matter what the record is. Dave? You know, Washington doesn't want to hear that, but you you mm-hmm. mentioned how they are at the mercy of Boise State when it comes to their final ranking. Why is that? Why is Boise State important to Washington? Uh, in the non-conference is, is in particular, and, and Boise State is great to schedule because Boise State's the number one recruiter in their conference, and Boise State has such a recruiting advantage. That's a team that should be finishing 10-3 and three and in the top 25. And right now, they may not even be a quality win. You know, that loss to Colorado State, I can't remember where Boise is right now, um, but they're not playing good football. Three and four. There's a lot of teams. Yeah, three, three and four. Three and four. Okay? Yeah. I mean, holy crap. 
you know, you, if you're Washington, you schedule Boise State because it's a decent game. People are interested in it. But you need Boise State to give you a quality win. If they don't give you a quality win, that game is useless. And, and for everybody listening, you have to understand that a quality win is any team that finishes above 500. So you need Boise now to go 4-1 and one in the rest of their games to get a quality win. Otherwise, that game is a zero. It doesn't matter. Uh, so, so, you know, when you're looking at whether it's Washington or anybody, you have to look at the whole schedule and who they've played. So whether you're a Duck fan, a Beaver fan, a Husky fan, you are, once you beat somebody, your favorite team is who you're rooting for and everybody you beat. You know, so for Oregon, you're screaming for Texas Tech. For Oregon State, you want UCLA winning out. You want Utah winning out. Washington, Boise is really critical to not only seeding but getting into the playoffs. Dave Bartu is the college football <laughs> matrix. He's all over this stuff. I'm going to take some phone calls because people have questions for you, Bartu. You knew it would happen. All right, let's go to uh, let's go to Mark in Portland first. Mark, you're on with Dave Bartu. Go ahead. Hey, I first want to say I just can't wait till next year where we have a playoff where all the division conference champions get in. But if if Washington wins out and Oregon wins out, and Washington gains 600 yards to Oregon's 450, and their their coach makes three ridiculous fourth down moves, and they end up losing that game at the end. It, TCU got in last year. Is there an avenue for Oregon and Washington to both get in? I, I think there's always an avenue, Mark, for for two teams to get in. I think it's going to be very difficult, like I said, because neither has a there's nothing quality in their non conference schedule. Now, they do have the advantage of having a lot of wins uh, in terms of all the teams they're playing in conference. And, and the other thing that you've got to consider is there's other teams that may fall apart. You know, the SEC is, is, you know, it has, their, has their worst numbers on, in, in the last century. Uh, the SEC may not even get a team into the playoffs even if they go 12-1 and one because of everybody else that's out there. So I'd like to say there is a possible pass, but it is very unlikely because you've got so many other teams out there doing well. You don't have a lot of quality non-conference um, results for Oregon and Washington on the backside. Uh, so it, it, I would say it would take a small miracle of things falling into place for that to happen, but I would like to not say it's impossible, but I'd say it's very unlikely that happens. Yeah, and I, I think uh, given like you wanted two undefeated teams playing in that conference championship game to have you know a path for two teams to get in, and uh, unfortunately, it looks like uh, it'll be Washington or bust, or Oregon or bust, or maybe Oregon State or bust, or somebody else. But Roy's in Portland. Mm -hmm. Roy, Roy, you're on with Dave Bartu. Go ahead. Hey, how you doing, John and Dave? Good. Um, I don't understand how, if say Oregon, you know, wins all their games and they meet, Washington wins their games, they meet again in the Pac-12 championship and Oregon beats Washington. I don't see either one of them going to the playoffs. I mean, I don't understand. Like, you got North Carolina undefeated and Florida State is undefeated. So what if Florida, uh, Florida State loses in the ACC championship game? Do they live with one loss? Do they, do they stay, uh, stay out? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't see a, I don't see a, a unless a Pac-12 team goes undefeated. I don't see them in the playoffs. 
I, just, I don't see them getting in over an SEC team. I don't see them getting in over a one-loss Ohio State or Michigan I, 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 or a one-loss Georgia. I, I don't see that. So, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't have all the stats that you do, but can you tell me where I'm wrong? wrong yeah. Help well, Roy man, out, it, Dave. It, yeah, yeah it, it, Roy, it, it's really not so much the stats. It is, what, it, what it's going to come down to is, it, the, the simplest formula for everybody, and none of us can predict what exactly is going to happen because we still have half a season to play. But if you add up, just, just give one point for a championship win, one point for a top 25 win, and give all the teams one point for a quality win. If you add all of that up, you're going to get your top four. The top four almost every year lead the country in those three little things. That's it. So, you know, when you're looking at – when I'm looking at Oregon and Washington, I feel that they have a strong opportunity if the top 25 teams keep winning out. Now, normally, at this point in the season, the Pac-12 doesn't have this many top 25 teams. Why? Because they don't do as well in, the, in non-conference, um, and, and they kind of cannibalize each other. So I, I think it's unique this year that the Pac-12 has a lot of top 25 teams. You look at the SEC – you know, their performance isn't there. I think they're going to cannibalize themselves as well. The ACC, you got Duke, you got Florida State, you got North Carolina. There's not a lot of top 25 wins in there because non-conference-wise, the ACC didn't do that well. So I'm not saying Washington wins out or Oregon wins out uh, or either one has one loss and, and, and wins the title and they get a higher seed. I just feel that they're on pace because of, the teams left on their schedule versus everybody else, uh, that they would be there, both either one at 12-1 and one with the Pac-12 championship. Craig is in West Lynn. He's got a question. Craig, you're on with Dave Bartu. Well, I don't know if it's exactly a question, but um, my thought is that USC's win over what we now see as a very overrated Colorado team might actually look worse for them than their loss to Notre Dame. Hmm. That, that's possible, but I, I don't think the committee is even going to care about that. I don't believe they go that far in depth. The chairman may talk about it. The media may talk about it. But I think when the committee looks at something like that, they're going to go, okay, uh, USC beat Colorado. Uh, did Co- if, if Colorado finishes 7-5 and five or better, that's one point. That's a quality win. If Colorado finishes 6-6 six and six or worse, it's a nothing burger. That game doesn't mean anything. And then with the Notre Dame, not only did you lose that game, basically minus one point, you got blown out, um, albeit on the road. So, you know, I, I think a lot of people give – I think I think people give the committee, especially the media, like John. <laughs> give yes, the committee, go on. Right, right. I mean, people give the committee too much credit. They these these people are making, you know, these people are making twenty five thousand dollars a week at their jobs. They're not going to the stupid committee meetings for forty eight hours and hashing this stuff out. They want it done when they show up. So I don't think they get into the weeds and get into the minutia that far. I think when you look at USC, they lost to Notre Dame. Um, and you look at Colorado, you know, if you're a USC fan, if Colorado doesn't finish 7-5 and five or better, you might as well have beaten UC Davis. That's a worthless game for them on the schedule from a resume standpoint. 
Yeah, and I keep thinking about that. You know, if if you're Oregon, you you definitely want everybody that you're playing to continue to win, and including uh-huh. especially Texas Tech in the non-conference. But uh, you know, you mentioned teams that control their own destiny. Oregon State, one loss. Oregon State. You've got you know one loss. Oregon certainly undefeated. Washington. It is that. Is that where you draw the line? It's those teams controlling their destiny, or do you go even further and say, "Hey, Utah still has one loss, and and they're still in play as well." I, I guess you could, but I, I think there's two tiers, John. I, I think you have your tier one contenders: Oregon, Oregon State, Washington. Uh, they got the Ws. They got the offense. They got good defense. They got good margin of victory. Uh, USC, I think they're tier two. They got they they have a blowout loss. Uh, their defense is unimpressive. Their margin of victory has shrunk significantly over the last two weeks, barely getting by Arizona and getting thumped in South Bend. Utah, same thing. Um, yeah, they're one loss, but their margin of victory is small. I don't believe. Do they have a top twenty-five? Who who have they beat that's currently that could end up being in the top twenty-five? So yeah, they got Florida, Baylor. Yeah, you're right. It's just it's kind of right. I mean, they got they got they got nothing. Right, they got nothing. They're the one top twenty-five team that they played. They got smoked in Corvallis. Well, they get smoked, but they got beat. And oh, you know, so um, you know, you could say Utah's still in it, but I think they're a I think they're a tier two kind of in it versus the top three in the Pac-12 right now. All right, so a nightmare scenario for the Pac-12 is, A, either USC somehow getting to the conference championship game and winning and having that Notre Dame loss hanging overhead, or multiple losses, not a one-loss conference champion. And in a, in a case where your conference champion has two losses, you don't see that team as a playoff team. No, I think they're toast. I really do, because... They don't have that big non-conference win to to erase the problems, right? You know, I mean, it, it was it's like uh, it was like Georgia and Oregon last year. You know, right. uh, if, if, yeah. if let yeah, let's let's say Georgia Oregon beats a Georgia last year and goes eleven and two, or Washington, you know, beat Notre Dame this year and Notre Dame finishes in the top twenty-five. You have a non a huge non-conference win that can erase problems. But Oregon eleven two, Oregon State eleven and two, Washington eleven and two. Um, now you're depending on other teams failing to get in. So I, I would bet against the scenario that eleven and two conference champion gets the Pac twelve into the four game playoff this year. Dave Bartu is the college football matrix. Love having you on. We'll get you back on, Dave, when that first set of rankings comes out in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. Anytime, anywhere, John. You know I'm always here for you. All right, there he is, Dave Bartu. Good stuff. Rich. Steven, is that Rich? Love it, man. Rich. Love that stuff. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. I, I, find, I, it, it. I find it so interesting. Yeah. I find it interesting that it's he makes it seem like it's so easy to come up with the formula. And it probably he makes a lot of sense because you can't watch that much film if you are in that position. So there has to be some type of formula. So. You know, I've been tracking Bartu for years, and he's always pretty right on track with all these uh, college football playoff projections. I think you have to take Bartu in doses, and I mean that with all due respect to Bartu, because you can't have him on every day talking about analytics and data. Your head will just spin. It's like you know, it's like trying to fill out your tax form or uh, sitting in line at the DMV. Like you, 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 you gotta have. It's a time and place for Dave Bartu, but he's rich. It when you get him. 
at a moment where, hey, the rankings are coming out in two weeks from yesterday. ESPN will release that first set of rankings. There will not be any surprises in Bartu's household because he knows right now he says Oregon State would be nine in the rankings, and he thinks that uh, Wash or excuse me, Oregon would be thirteen if the rankings came out today. Meaning that the Ducks have one quality win and no top twenty-five wins. Oregon State has two top twenty-five wins plus multiple quality wins. Um, you know, one thing that could help Oregon State is Washington State to get its act together. Will the Cougars? We interrupt this podcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face. Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.